and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raven On podcast for Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 2. I am your host, Natalie Bohensky, and with me, as will always be during Raven On, unless there's a tragic accident and some sort of plot, uh, which hopefully there won't be. Now I'm stalling and look guilty. Oh God, it's Stuart Late. Stuart, thanks for joining me. Hello again, Nat. We made it through week one. We did make it through week one. Thank you to everyone who listened. I think there were maybe sort of... 100-odd listens, according that's, that's to the... Good. I'm really happy yeah. with that. They weren't all just me listening back going, wow, we're so clever. <laughs> and then listening back again, yeah, just sort of, yeah. Just to go, well, we're really funny, aren't we? Oh. Still trying to work out how to get a feed to burn it to iTunes. I've had a bit of a crazy week, so... We'll get to week 10 and you'll have figured it out. I'll have figured it out, yeah. it, and then you can kind of binge on yeah, the recap. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. It's a new world, new way of consuming content. My brain is so fried from this episode. They squeezed in so many <laughs> plot lines. I think last week there were maybe five. This week I've counted seven major plot lines and then subplot lines. There were so many. Through that. So many. And, and this, this was the episode that I felt should have been number one in most other seasons because this one was the one that I felt, okay, now we're checking in with people. Like last week, last week everything seemed to have a structure. This week they're like, okay... Who's left? Who haven't we seen yet? Okay, start ticking the boxes. But and, and yet, I mean, it's a credit to the writers that I didn't feel that it was rushed or, you know, crammed. I still felt that all the little stories ticked along nicely. Did uh, you have no, a different I, view? I definitely, I definitely felt that this episode was the one where things started to drag a bit. I didn't... Like, I liked it, but... And, and I enjoyed it. And there was, there was so many moments in this episode oh. where I was like... I... I, I Sort of went, yeah, great. But it was because I saw a character that I already knew. Or yeah. I saw a character that I've been looking forward to seeing. But it wasn't because of anything that anyone said or did. Which I think was probably a little bit worrying for this, for this episode. Yeah, okay. but I But I feel like this was the housekeeping episode. Like last week, they kind of indulged themselves a bit. Got things moving in a very dramatic fashion. Yeah. This week was the one where they sort of said, okay, we need to set some stuff up now. So let's get things, let's get things underway. All right, well, let's talk. What did you think was the most dramatic thing then that happened this episode? Out of all these storylines, which one would you pick? The most dramatic thing? Yeah, the most kind of like, holy shit, you know, this just happened or yeah or... Um, well, it, the, mo- the most dramatic thing that happened for me was obviously towards the end where the big, the big scene with Daenerys and the execution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing that made me, that actually surprised me was John getting made Lord Commander. I was going to say, yeah. John getting made Lord Commander for me was the most. That like, was left field. Oh my god! Because I loved Jack and Hagar coming back. Yes. Like I have never been so happy to see a creepy, rapey guy <laughs> in my life. Yes. I used to call him when I started doing recaps on my own blog in season two. I used to call him creepy, rapey guy. That was his nickname. Oh really? Okay. And now that he's back, but the recaps are on Fairfax. I'm a, re- a bit wary about. So I just called him creepy yeah, guy or creepy, creepy guy. faceless guy. Yeah. But he is a bit creepy, rapey. I'm not suggesting that he... I'm just kind of using that adjective, you know. He's yeah, just a little exactly. bit creepy, rapey. He does he have did that... seem that way when he first appeared yes. on the scene. He's got, he's got that soft voice. And he's <laughs> just... He's that intense He's that intense stare. stare, yes. And he was locked up with a bunch of other weird, rapey guys. So, yeah, exactly. I, you know, it was kind of by association, I guess. That's right. That was a huge moment for me. I loved seeing <laughs> him reveal his face and... It was him. But then isn't that, and sorry sorry to sort of break this down, but isn't that a, like, a cheat? Because does, it, didn't he 
cast off that whole persona? Is Wasn't that the point of that final scene? That's what I thought. But okay. now I'm thinking the point of the faceless man is that you can just change faces whenever you need to. Okay. So Jacken might be a base face for this guy, or it might just be a face that he used at that time, and so it's one that Arya will... So it's a familiar face that remember. he's using. Because yeah. w- nobody would remember the face that he used as he left Arya. No, that's right. No one's going to no. remember that. But <laughs> you're going to remember creepy rapey guy. <laughs> so they had to use his face. Have we, have we have we considered the fan theory that Dario Naharis is a, is a face changer like he is? Oh, that's a good <laughs> fan theory. As long as he doesn't change the body, I'm happy. <laughs> but you're right, Jon Snow up at the wall. Yes. Because he had that amazing offer from Stannis Baratheon. Who That's was right, yeah. pissed off that he showed mm. mercy to Mance Radar. And, and look, I was expecting Jon to be in a lot more trouble than he yeah. seems to be. It was like, I'm not happy with you, Jon. <laughs> But I don't have a lot of options. Yeah. So would you like to be Lord of Winterfell? I, that's, that's right. One condition, rally the North behind me, yeah. and you're no longer a bastard. And like <laughs> the expression on his face was yeah. so... And th- that's a huge moment for the character. And yeah. like he says, like it's the first thing he can ever remember wanting. Like This is a huge deal. He's been defined his entire, the entire time that we've seen him, and certainly for his entire life, as a bastard. Yeah, and I think so... Tyrion tells him in episode one, don't forget... Who Don't you forget are. who you are. Other people will never let you. Yeah, that's right. And in the very first episode of the whole series. So I thought that was going to be his big moment of going, having to make that choice. And then he's like, oh no, I'm refusing it. Because what he just refuses it to <laughs> Sam in the next scene with exactly. no hesitation. Because if he did, then he's breaking an oath. And what kind of lord would he be if he was an oath breaker? That's right, exactly. Who would ever be able to trust him? But... I loved. I love then later when Sam gets up in the in the mess hall, where he's just got this look in his face, like Sam. Sam, what are you doing? Sam, don't, don't. sit down, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> like making the gesture across the neck, just hey, sir. I, I Sam's had some bad food. Um, he's not well. Mm. Delirious, I think. How about I take him off? Yeah. You guys elect who you. But what do you? Th- I mean. He didn't not want it in a way. He could have spoken up and said, "Oh yeah, like like it's definitely one of those things where he's sorry, not sorry." You know, like it's definitely, you know, he's like, "Oh really? I'm Lord Commander now? Oh wow, okay, great, sure." Because I don't even know how old he's supposed to be. Like in the books, he's he's younger. He's probably what sixteen, seventeen, or something in the books by this point. I'm not too sure. But in the TV show, he's how much time has gone by? Are we are we clear on how much time has gone by? It's a couple of years, right? It's got to have been a couple of years, but. This season has taken over virtually straight away from the last one. Yeah, that's so they're, they're right. Because so... Tywin's dead hmm. in Baylor's Sept in episode one, so he's not been hanging around for ten months. Yeah. And yeah. There, I know there were big time jumps during, I think, the the second season or the third season when the, the War of Five Kings is going on. So there's like months that go by where the, like battles are happening that we don't see because they're not really consequential to what's yeah, the plot. Yeah, true. But... So are we thinking like is there five years have gone past like like I don't less even think or more? That many. I yeah. think maybe two to three. So I mean, John was meant to be eighteen, I guess, at the start of the series. He was yes. aged up to a sort of late teen, so yeah. he's maybe twenty now. Yeah, about that. That works, I guess. Early twenties. If he's like the the young hero, yeah, who takes over. Yeah. In the in the books, though, that would make him like sixteen or something. Yeah. So I think he's fourteen, fifteen when the books start. Yeah. Because he's the same age as Rob. Yeah, because exactly. Ned Stark came home. Again, going into backstory too much. But the point is, <laughs> yes. he's much younger than Alistair Thorne, who's Absolutely. a grumpy old bastard. Yes. So how's he going to react to that guy? Because well, the other guy was very much like, 
well done. Yeah. You know, he was well, well played. Guy. Well played. <laughs> Happy for you to win. Yeah. And it was very significant that it was Maester Eamon who put his round chip. That was obviously, yeah, a massive deal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, I, I don't know where they're going to go with that, though. And I, I, I worry then that we're... Because I thought that we were moving away from the wall. I thought the whole thing was going to be that John would, would accept Stannis' offer in some fashion. He might not become Lord of Winterfell or something, but he might go with him to help him out in the short term, maybe to talk to the wildlings or something. And so we'd get a lot of action away from the wall. Now it seems that we're going to be at the wall still. Mm. And I know people sort of have this opinion that the wall is where the show goes to die. Like, it's very... It, oh, really? It often... Well, I mean, it, it's often like like exciting things are happening in far-off places in Westeros, and then we hit the wall, and everyone's dressed in black, and everyone's very brooding, <laughs> and very cold, and, and very miserable, and talking in gruff tones. And, and it it's often where a lot of episodes I've found in the past have sort of stop dead in their tracks where an episode's really going and then you'll sort of hit the wall <laughs> and it'll be it's it's yeah, yeah it's the perfect metaphor exactly so you know I, I i worry then that we're going to be stuck at the wall still but obviously they have a plan but i just worry what it's going to be that's all well there's probably no point going further north of the because the, no, well, the whole point but, is the white walkers are coming but imagine so. imagine like john going back to winterfell to rebuild winterfell as the lord of winterfell that would be amazing i just said winterfell a lot of times in a very quick succession um, <laughs> winterfell, but, winterfell, 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 winterfell. um but imagine him going back to like you know the home where he grew up it's in ruins now or you know it's been severely damaged he could um, still do that he could with stannis because as lord um, commander he could say well i can't that's true and um the night's watch will not go further than say winterfell but we could come as far as south winter as winterfell with you to get rid of roose bolton yeah because um, I, I was about to say so roose bolton is at winterfell isn't he so. he's at winterfell with one can only that's assume with his god-awful his horrible creepy son creepy son and uh, Theon Greyjoy. And Rick. So it would be interesting to see John and Theon, sort of John maybe come and rescue Theon. That could be... Mm. I could definitely see him moving that action south of the wall. Yeah. But probably not as far as, you know, King's Landing. Yeah, Land. I don't expect to see him in King's Landing, but I, I would like to see him do more away from Castle mm. Black because, yeah, that it's getting a bit tedious at yeah. this point. Before we leave the wall, though, I did yep. want to just touch on the really lovely little scene that uh, Shireen had with Gilly. Yes, Yep. where she was teaching her to read. <laughs> and that was such a sweet little scene. And it was so interesting because initially it, I went, hang on, who, what, two women? And then, of course, I realised, oh, it's Shireen. It's the little girl, Stannis' daughter. And they had a conversation about Grayscale, which is what left her with the scarred yes. face. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't think that's an accident. That's got to be something that's going to be a threat, I think, the fact that they yeah, you, you want, mentioned you want to, it so specifically. Especially in an episode as packed as this, they have to be... They have to be doing things for a reason. And so mm. you sort of say, well, they've mentioned Grayscale for a reason here. So obviously this is going to be significant later on. Who knows? Who knows how it's going to be? Apparently when you get it, you turn into an animal. Or like you, you turn... They were screaming like animals. Yeah. They were... So again, maybe that's something to do with the White Walkers. Maybe it's some mm. ki- got some kind of magic to that disease. It, all we know is that it took a lot to cure Shireen and yeah. she was left scarred by She it. was left horribly scarred, yeah. But... Her mother remains a crazy woman. <laughs> she was the one, of course, who in season three, was it, or four, we saw, and no, I think it was last season, we saw her, like, dead fetuses in jars. Yes, yeah. And she said, don't talk to the wildlings because your father just killed their leader. 
Which, I mean, that's probably the least crazy thing she's ever said. Like, that's good advice, really. She was really harsh on this, you know, this poor young girl who's got, seems to have had no maternal affection, really. Also, we didn't see Melisandre this episode. No, we didn't. No, exactly. And I thought that was interesting because I thought she was going to be the out for for Jon Snow or maybe the one who was going to, you know, be calling for him, you know, because she was very, she's very keen on burning people. She loves that stuff. Mm. So I thought... So did you say... Burning or boning? <laughs> I left it deliberately vague. Yeah, because um, really either. Either works for her. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so she, I thought she would be the one who would be either calling for his head or maybe even the one who would have been Jon Snow's out. Stannis would have been ready to hoist him up and she would have gone back and said, well, no, no, we need him. We, we need can him use to... him yeah, exactly. in another way. Yeah. yeah. So that's the wall. It's still cold. <laughs> it's still grim. But Jon Snow is there and warms the cockles of my hearts. He makes everything better. Uh, my hearts? Your hearts. You're a time lord. I'm a time lord now. We're, we're mixing genre shows now. Woo! Uh, and so, back to Daenerys, which was the other big key dramatic moment that you mentioned yes. this episode. And that woman cannot put a step right at the uh, moment. And well, ever, really. I mean, it was only season one where she sort of... Or season two, rather, where she sort of... Things started to go her way. And then everything's gone to pot again. I don't know. But 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 also, can we just talk about the fact that it there is a thing with her character where she'll make a decision, have a conversation with someone, and then completely reverse that decision. And that's happened like five or six <laughs> times. Where she'll be like, no, no, no. Not go- I'm just going to kill him. Uh, Khaleesi, I don't think we should probably do that. I, you're right, we're not going to kill him. Right? And then that happens over and over and over again. Like, someone will come to her, she'll make a decision, someone will pull her off to the side and go, ah, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. You're right! It's not a good idea, we should do the opposite thing. Is that bad writing, or is that showing that she is still not confident in herself as a ruler, or in her instinctual desires? I, I want to say both. <laughs> um, I, I understand what they're going for, but I think it, it's frustrating as a, as a viewer to just be whiplashed around like this, like to sort of have her make a decision and then immediately, like, like immediately, like this, this, this week it was within the same scene, mm. the same scene, Barristan Selmy has a word to her and she's like, no, you're right. Opposite of what I just said. So I think it's for, for a character that's held up as such a, such a strong character, I feel like she doesn't have a lot of agency to herself a lot of the time. She's she's leaning heavily on the, the the men around her, and I think that's partly to do with the characterization and the circumstances of the story. But I think it's also lazy writing sometimes. I, I think... wonder if there's a parallel with the fact that her outfits as queen. <laughs> now, forgive me if this does sound shallow and superficial, but her outfits of queen have gone from when she was Dothraki, when she went, uh, even when she left Carth and took ownership of the slaves she Mm. was in pants she was in kind of more practical more warrior type clothing okay and she's wearing a dress now and now she's back into robes this week she was in that white you know virginal Mm. pure queenly white uh, very elaborate I wonder if that's got something to do with it a sort of a softening of Daenerys so she's losing her way she's losing she's definitely lost her way warrior fire that she had initially it's all it's all sort of monkey pouring on her at the moment where I think she thought she knew what she wanted and this is not what she wanted. Like the realities of ruling a conquered people are sort of coming crashing in. I thought it was weird that the crowd turned so quickly, although I get it. But again, it's one of those things where I feel like 
it's strange that you feel like this should have played out over maybe a couple more episodes, but then would you have wanted to spend a couple of episodes no. having this back and forth? So obviously they've ripped the band-aid off. Yeah. But I also feel like we're maybe going through it too quickly. I realise I'm asking for two different things there. I do understand where you're coming from. My confusion came from why didn't she give him a trial? Why did he have to be executed straight away, but the other guy had to have a trial? Yeah, exactly. Like, like again, like, like, so we flip-flopped for a third time there where she's like, oh, well, you betray me. Okay, off with his head. You know, like, it just... Why didn't she come out and say, okay, people of Marine, I wanted to give the son of the harpy a fair trial. This guy went in and took it upon himself to kill that guy mm. because he said that you only understand blood. Is that the case? Do you want me to put this guy to a fair trial or do you want me to kill him? And and have that kind of consultation with her people yeah. and say you can't have freedom without justice because that was a very important line that she said. That's right. You know, you cannot have one without the other. And yet, like, like I don't see a single... Why not a trial? Well, exactly. Or, or at least, you know, make a show of, oh, I'm going to kill him, but all right, I'm not going to kill him, like, because I'm a good queen, like, sort of thing, you know, make a big show of it. I don't know, like... Was she being conscious just... pilot in that moment? Mate, hey, oh. you're calling? Are you... But they were... No, wait, they were... Hang on, wait. Point. They were calling for Jesus to die in the story. What it's is it's that? sort of what's the, that? What's that the opposite of Jesus. What's that? It wasn't a George R. R. Martin book. It was another big, long, interminable saga. Bible. <laughs> um... I did love the story about her dad. I did love Barristan telling her, you know, dropping the truth yeah. bomb and saying, they weren't lying. They're not lies about your dad. He was insane. And and this is the thing. Like, you forget sometimes that a lot of these characters don't know everything that you know. So I has, has Danny never actually been told what the Mad King did? Is this the first time that she's finding that out? Surely she must have heard, because she made the point of saying lies She'd heard the stories, rumors. yeah, exactly. She'd heard the stories, but this is Barristan sort of coming along and saying, yep, nope, totally true. Well, we used to burn people and kill people. And... You would imagine Jorah would have been around during the time of yeah, exactly. Ares, the Mad King. You would have thought she had said something, but then he wouldn't have been as directly linked as Barristan Selmy. Because yes. he always blamed himself for letting Kingslayer Jamie stab Ares because yeah, yeah. his job his sworn job was to protect, protect, the, king. protect the king but at the same time he was a bit nuts <laughs> alright well we'll leave Danny there and move on to speaking of things that had never really been quite articulated I found the scene with Cersei and Jamie where they were talking well they got that threat mm. the snake Very holding cool. the Lannister I want to get that as a prop and just I, I, send it to people. That actually, it occurred to me that like, if, if that hasn't been officially licensed, someone on DeviantArt is making that as we speak. Someone's making the 3D printer file yeah. so you can print... <laughs> so you can make it at home. Your own snake to just send to people. <laughs> to send to people as threats. As threats. What, what a wonderful way but to she, send someone a threat. Yeah, Jamie's like, uh, so this is a threat? <laughs> Well, he's not, he's not a thinker, And and, and Cersei's like just rolling her eyes going, yes, of course, it's a threat, you moron. Can't believe I bone you. <laughs> Our children, if they're smart, they did not get it from you. Cersei's such a wonderful character because she is so hateful. Like, you, you hate her. But there's points where you just, you, you totally get why she is the way she is. Yeah. Like, just having to deal with this every day of her life, just these... Idiot men just walking around, you know. So you know, this is this is like Jamie Lannister is one of the most powerful men in the kingdom still, mm. and he's like, so this is a threat. <laughs> I don't like. She's like, of course it's a threat. It's a snake holding a Lannister medallion. Of course it's a threat. They've got our daughter, and that was 
again, as I said, the thing that hadn't really been articulated for me and mm. what I've asked over several seasons is how much, like, does Jamie even know that those children are his? You'd think that he was, but he never seems to have any kind of yeah. moments with them. He never sort of would take Joffrey. As, I mean, he was, of course, on the road with Brienne and trapped and kidnapped her for half of it. But you never saw him. I think he had a brief moment with Tommen late last season. Yeah. He had a couple of brief moments with Joffrey as well, I think, but not sort of in a fatherly way. Yeah, you never got the sense... He would always say, Uncle, go do this. Uncle, go do that. Yeah. You never got the sense that he loved these children as mm. children or, you know, he kept that distance. So this was the first time for me where it was actually her saying, nope, these are our kids. Yeah. And he's like, shut up. You don't want people to know. And she's like, I don't care. These are our children. They are all... You know, one's dead. One's kidnapped. One's about to marry a whore. And... You need to act. You need to step up. And he goes, all right, fine. I'll go off. Yeah. And go on a secret mission to rescue Marcella from Dawn. But the awesome thing about yes, that is... Yes, I know what you're going to say. Bronze back! <laughs> I love Bronze so much. Oh, he is the best character. And I'm, there are so, so many good. points where the writers could have killed him off. Like... For whatever reason, and they haven't, and I love them for it because I'm he's so that, good. I'm hoping that's because he's in the book and quite yes. integral. <laughs> exactly. But they have said this season they are deviating and killing off. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're in uncharted waters at this point, so who knows what they're going to do? But I, he's he's the best. I but love he it. actually seemed quite happy where, where he was. He was with oh. a well, he was with a woman who, you know, Lola's uh, Stokeworth, I think is her surname. <laughs> And or lollies, they're like her name is Lolly, like yeah. you know. And I, <laughs> I personally felt an immediate and deep kinship with Lollis because mm. I know that if I was in a world like Game of Thrones, you know, I'd wish I was a Sansa, I wish I was an Arya or a Brienne <laughs> or a Marguerite, but I know I'd be a Lollis. Like, uh, oh, oh, so then, oh, oh, well, oh. that's like that's like I'd love to be a Jon Snow, but I'm pretty sure I'd be hot pie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. You're out of trouble. You're in a warm kitchen. All the pies you can eat. That actually sounds like it would suit me down to the ground. Actually, that would be a great game. I'd love to know what people, if you were in Game of Thrones, who do you actually world, think you'd be? Who, do you actually, who would you like to be? I mean, the the answer is we'd all be a peasant somewhere. Exactly. But, you know, but who do you think? Like of all those characters, who are those? You know, smaller characters or the or the well, you know, Lollis is ostensibly a noble woman, but she's not. You know, yeah, fiery. she's, from she's, less, yeah, she's plain. She's less chubby. She's been a bit. I, I went and looked her up on the on the Game of Thrones wiki, which is always. I actually just wanted to check her surname. Yeah. And of course, in the first thing, it's like, oh, she was raped fifty times during the Battle of the Blackwater. Of and course, I went, she was. Wow. Oh, wow. This show. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so great. Um, but in this case, it was more that her sisters mean to her. Yes. So they perhaps haven't either. Just not worrying about that angle from the books, but. In this case, she's just been badly treated by her family. She's a second sister. She's unloved. Yeah. All of a sudden, she's got this kind of nice husband who tells her, you're a good person. Exactly. Don't worry. Your sister's going to get what's coming to her. And I was like, ooh, plots. And then, of course, like, you realize... No, no plots. Goodbye. And that's the thing. Like That was the great way that, that those scenes were edited together. Because yeah. surely, Jamie had to have some travel time between King's Landing and the castle where Bronn yes. was. But they just <laughs> foregoed that to have that wonderful joke of going, who said I was going alone? Cut to Bronn skimming stones. That's right, yeah. Padded and again, that was one of those moments where I was like, yes, yes! we've seen, here he is. But again, and like, he's just Jamie fucking Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that has to become his new name now. Everything's yeah. just Jamie fucking Lannister. 
But then I did feel sorry that Jamie's just gone, oh, I've taken your wife off you, you betrothed yeah. off you. Bye. That's, that's how it works. That's how it, it just, works. You know, hope you didn't like her because she's gone now. And but so that's the everything. thing. Like, Bron wouldn't have, you know, Bron has no concern for anyone but, but himself. But he would have seen her as probably quite an, you know, he wouldn't have hated having her around. But then that was, that was what confused me about that scene because I thought he was sort of, I thought they were setting it up for him to be a bit sort of, oh, you know, this is nice, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. And then they immediately take it away from him. It's like, no, no, you're back to doing missions and killing people mm. again. So that's that's interesting. I don't know. There was a bit of whiplash there as well. I'm not sure what they were trying to get across there, but probably the the joy of having that construction of the two scenes of yeah, you know, who said I'm going yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that will be really fun to look at. And they're off to Dawn, and we saw Dawn. We did. We finally saw Dawn, and we saw Alexander Sittig as uh, is it uh, Martel? Prince but Doran. Doran Martel. Martel. Yeah. Um, now he's obviously been in. He's things... been in Star Trek, which okay. is what I know him from, ah, and uh, I, see. I kept expecting him to suddenly beam up somewhere, but. Not really, but see, anyway. um, yeah, I, I haven't watched the Star Trek. So. <laughs> I'm surprised. It's uh, this is a terrible thing to say, and obviously he's playing like a sick man. But I was surprised by how old he'd gotten, because um, I'm used because in Star Trek he plays this very young character, like okay. a, a young idealistic doctor, and in this he's playing like this old diseased king. Just diseased, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's got. Um, doesn't he have illnesses? He. I think I read that he has gout. Right. Okay. But it's, it's, it's your use of the word diseased. Which... <laughs> Makes him more, sound more like a leper or something. Which well, I don't know. I, mean, I thought he was ill. I thought he was an ill man. Uh, unclean, was like... unclean. <laughs> but I liked him. He actually struck me as really a lovely character from the hmm. get go. And I love Ilaria Sand and her that actor's haircut and she is phenomenal. Her like, everything. I, her everything is just. I was just sitting there slack jawed, going, "I want to be you." Um, <laughs> But Prince Doran's he's calm. He is in mourning for his brother. He, mm. he and he he says that very deliberately. He was my brother before mm. he was anything to you. But we don't mutilate little girls. We don't rush into war. Which we, he's just. I mean, having that policy puts him apart uh, from most rulers in Westeros. At the exactly, moment. and it's quite refreshing. And she then threatened him by saying, "How long will you be?" You know, how long will you rule? Which, I mean, is kind of nuts when you think about it. Like, he's the king, and she's just gone, yep, I might totally just kill you soon. Like, that just seemed really strange. Like, everyone's talking in very couch terms and stuff. But, mm. I mean, surely that that's a threat, isn't it? That's very, oh, that was very and, strange. And she, she brought in the Sand Snakes, who we still haven't met. We still haven't met them. The daughters of Oberon. <laughs> Not all, I imagine, the daughters of Valaria. Uh, no, 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 no. I think that's. I think that's the point. That's there. Oh, or maybe not. Sorry. I, I know a lot of them are Alaria's daughters. Yeah, I think um, some. Maybe of not them, all of them. But I don't think all of them are. I think, I think they're, they're like all. They're, they're all. Stuff. They're all his bastard daughters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Maybe and not they all have of the love of the people, which is the yeah. great thing about Dawn. Dawn just doesn't have. Dawn's this... like whatever. Are you awesome? Then we love you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go. Live Dawn in sounds Dawn. like a great place. It does, and <laughs> I, I, I worry that someone like Alaria, for the wrong reasons, will kind of not see what they do have, which is obviously very beneficial, as in a considered ruler and, a, you know, generally a good policy towards mutilation, as in <laughs> let's not do it. Let, let's not do it, especially to minors. Yeah, and we saw a glimpse there of Marcella Lannister with Tristan Martell, who is uh, Prince Doran's oh, son. Oh, okay, okay. So I assume, I assume he was a royal... I, I assumed he, there was someone royal down yes. there. Yes, so, that, was, so that, was I, okay. I, that is Tristan, apparently. And they... Are the betrothed, mm. so they're wandering around looking quite. They look pretty happy, happy like, together. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see if Marcella wants to go. If Jamie and Bron turn up mm. to go, hey, we're off. She may not want to go. 
what else do we need to talk about? Tyrion. Tyrion and Varys. And Varys. The Westerosi old couple. In a box. I love it. Out on the open road. <laughs> in a box. It's a, it's, a, it's, a buddy, it's a buddy travel comedy now. But it is just because they have to... They, they cannot do much with these two characters well, while getting them from point A to point B and going through the whole rest of the alphabet and round again to get there. Because <laughs> as he says, he's like, why are we going to Volantis? You know, oh, because that's where the road to Marine is. So all they can do... This, that was definitely this... the question that I was asking. It's like, hang on, you said you were going to Marine and now you're going someplace else? Mm. What are you playing at? But It's filler. Yes, it absolutely it's is. It's all filler. It's totally filler. But it's great filler. But, but do you need filler at this point? Or do they, do, they, do they feel strongly that we need to have those two characters fresh in our minds so that they don't just show up again? Because I, I know that has happened in the past. That's probably true, but also it did link back to the fact that Cersei has put a bounty on Tyrion's head. So she'll yes. make whoever brings her Tyrion's head will become a lord. Which happened, which led to the other of smash course. cut of the episode. Yeah, of course. Uh, how can she kill all the dwarves? Bang, <laughs> Bang! Head on table. There we go. That was very. That was very Breaking Bad in a way. I felt like it was it was something that Vince Gilligan might have done. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've been influenced by Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'd love to see Vince Gilligan do an episode of Game of Thrones. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that led to the fact that these, you know, two loping morons going, yes. oh, we found this head. <laughs> oh, we've chopped off this head. I mean, I there's a say. horrifying backstory behind that, which is like, which is you know, persecution they found, they found a dwarf people. and cut off his head. Like, it's insane. And Cersei's just, ah, mistakes will happen. <laughs> because you know. of course she is. Because she's the she's like <laughs> she's the, the last true evil character on the show. <laughs> she's the worst. Like she's complex and she has all these motivations, but she's still <laughs> absolutely one hundred percent evil. And then she's like, remove the head, and then Kyburn <laughs> goes, no, 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 I need it for my work, <laughs> my experiment. And she's just like, sure, take it. Sure, why not? Whatever you want to do. That sounds above board. And then she puts him on the small council as masters yes. of master of whispers. <laughs> And he's just sitting there like, meh. <laughs> and Pycelle's nose is all out of joint because Kyburn was a rejected maester and uh, they're all trying to be the new hand. Pycelle's all... nose has been out of joint, I think, for the last, since season, since from season two onwards, maybe from the halfway through season one. Yeah. He's just been constantly doing, bah, 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 yeah. my, my liege, my lady, I don't understand. Yeah, and then Mace Terrell, poor Mace Terrell, she's like, I'll be hand of the king, I'm a puppy dog. <laughs> he's, and so he's like, a oh no, character. we want you to be treasure, we want you, the most stupid man in King's Landing, his, to be in charge of the money. His his reaction to that was just, just made me laugh oh, and laugh and laugh. He's, all, he's so happy, he's like, oh my lady, thank you very much, oh, that's How so lovely. How is he not dead? <laughs> <laughs> I know, he's, he is such a properly just obliviously nice character he, he has no designs on power yeah. he's just perfectly happy to keep going on with whatever anyone wants him to do bumbling around yeah <laughs> and then there's Kevin Lannister yes who is the one sort of opposition now to, th to, to Cersei, Cersei saying I'll be you know I'll serve the king but I want the king to tell me what he wants me to do not you Nisi yeah which I guess you know ties into a lot of that um, of those themes of you know Cersei having to fight against being perceived as just a woman, you know, mm. he's like, "You're the queen mother. That's you're all. You're not anything that I need to recognize." Yeah, which is harsh, but at the same time, it is Cersei, but, so I like exactly. seeing her brought yeah. down a peg. Yes. Because there's so many times when she she seems very confident that her plans are going to work, and her plans rarely work. They really never do. They really never do. And I was like, okay, this whole small council thing's just going to blow up in her face again, right? Like yeah. it's just they're going to end up with no money or yeah. no food or anyway. We did briefly mention Arya, and I, I did just want to... We mentioned oh. Jack and Hagar, but Arya, seeing Arya, yeah. 
with her sword in Bravos after she's tossed the coin and gone, bugger this for a joke, I'm going to go get some food. And the guy's like, oh, that sword looks like it's worth 100 pieces. And it's like, it's not worth anything to a dead man. That's and a great like, line. Oh, it's so cold. Such a great line. So cold. And, and, and of course, Arya has a great line because she always has a great line for that sort yeah. of thing now. She's, she, she's turned into this amazing character who'll just be like, no, 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 I will kill you. Yeah. If you try and take this off me, I'm just going to kill you. So she follows the robe man back. It's Jack and Hagar. She enters the door. And if we don't see a training montage oh my next God. week... A game of set Thrones to, set to like the the whatever the whatever the Westeros equivalent of like an eighties like music the video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have the direwolf. I have the direwolf. Rising up. Uh, so yeah, she's great. I'm looking forward to her. But then I also wanted to just chat about the fantastic sequence where Brienne and Pod oh, yes. met Sansa and Littlefinger oh, my and goodness. didn't sparks fly. <laughs> it, it was, was incredible. Question though. Mm. Who entered the tavern first? Because did the tavern have two different entrances? Because surely you would think that one would have noticed the others entering. No, no, like, not necessarily. They're both I, sitting in their little I, I figured, I figured it would have been um, Littlefinger and Sansa come in first. They're in a corner booth with like their guards and whatever. Brienne and Pod come in and they're just two people. So they wouldn't have drawn much attention. They just walk in. Brienne on the is other like side. seven foot tall. Yeah, I know. But but you have to sort of suspend your disbelief. Otherwise, every time she enters a room in any scene, people are like, <laughs> whoa, you know, you're huge. And, and a woman? A woman? You know, like it just, yeah. Okay, I, I think enough, you have to dispense enough. with a lot of that. Just for, we'll just for the sake of not having 50 minute, you know, 500 minute episodes every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she... And Pod, she tells Pod to go and saddle the horses. And he's like, we've only got one horse. And she says, steal some more. <laughs> and goes off. And this is the great thing about Brienne. She doesn't believe in subterfuge. She doesn't believe in tricks. She mm. goes right up and says, hello, I'm here to yeah, pledge myself to Sansa. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to rescue you. Let's go. What do you have to say about Sansa? And then slime ball little finger. And I know people love him because of his, you know, he's so manipulative and stuff. And he's got that voice. <laughs> he's like... What do you want to do? He has that voice. He has a voice that kind of annoys me because some days I feel like he forgets that he's meant to do an accent, and so he slips back to. I think he's natural. I think he's Irish. He's Northern Irish. He's Northern Irish. So he has quite a strong Northern Irish accent just by default, and some days he forgets to do the little finger voice. Okay. If you ever listen, some days he'll just be talking, and it will just be like he stepped out of Belfast, and then other days he's doing a voice. Sansa. What you got to do is follow me <laughs> somewhere that Cersei will never get you. Exactly. Well, you know, that's... Dye your hair. <laughs> I really didn't like your Aunt Lysa, but I did it for power. Power is what being in Westeros is all about. <laughs> so I've been watching uh, uh, The Fall, which oh, is right, set yeah. in Northern Ireland. Yes. So I, I've been practicing my Northern Irish accent. Very it's nice. quite good. And then I watched a documentary about the Troubles. You, you and that'll do, the, do it every time. You could do the same thing with a lot more pleasure just by watching interviews with Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be good to see Liam Neeson again? Oh, wouldn't it be great? Thrones? Wouldn't it be great? Because I was, I was thinking, like, I saw Alexander Siddig show up and I'm like, you know, we haven't really seen a lot of like those sort of actors show up like quite well known actors they've gone for very unknown casting in a lot of the in a lot of the roles like mm. like or people who aren't very mainstream mm. wouldn't it be great to see like a Liam or would that be distracting would that be if Liam Neeson showed up it would you would just be expecting him to go you know if you take that I'll find you <laughs> and I will kill you you know <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills, set of skills. for Westeros <laughs> I kill without mercy 
It's like that, that's not particular in this world. We everyone does that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I I killed the guy this morning. What? <laughs> you, you want something else from me, Liam? I will kill. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Bye. Uh, you do what you have to do, big guy. <laughs> Fabulous confrontation. Littlefinger is all, oh, well, I think you killed Renly and I think you lied about it. And, you know, why would we have you who can't be trusted? And I am part of Ly- uh, of Sansa's family because I married Lysa. I'm like, oh, you crazy slime <laughs> You're an uncle by marriage. It barely counts. Exactly. And then, and then Sansa, Sansa's such a tough character again. Like She's to... become, yeah, I had, I had a real tough time with her and I love Sansa. And I had a mm. real tough time with her this episode going, come on, Sansa, you know this woman is not... A bad, you know she, she's not. She's a bad reverted guy. like like for for a little while there. I was like, oh great, she's going to start like really taking an active part in things, but now she's just doing the thing she was doing at King's Landing, where it's like, oh no, Littlefinger, we're we're doing a thing now, so just go away, it's fine, don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh, can't would wouldn't that be great if, if like Pod and and Brienne sort of teamed up with them and they and they went and did things. I thought this, but then I realized that. If Sansa's motivation now is revenge, mm. which I think it is, yeah. you know, she's lost everyone. She doesn't know where Arya is. She probably thinks she's dead as well. Yeah, Littlefinger is probably her best chance at getting that. Oh, sure. On an orchestrated big scale, absolutely. Running yeah. around the countryside with a mm. knight and a dodgy squire. Oh no, but but I didn't I didn't think that she would run off with Brienne. But I thought Brienne might join up with them. Oh my. Okay, fair and enough. And might join them. Yeah, and, and, then, the, and then there would be that why, tension of what Littlefinger would do about that and, yeah. and all that sort of thing. But it's like, no, we're just going to cut straight to the chase. It is interesting. Because then what happened, of course, is that they got chased or they ran away. She set all the horses loose. They got chased. Podrick ended up being ditched into the lake by his horse. <laughs> I love I love. And I, I, did, I, did, I did like writing my recap today, but he had, like, he's got some things in common with a horse, but uh, being <laughs> in control of them... <laughs> Well, there was that scene in the uh, in the tavern where he's like eyeing off the, the he serving was, girl. Yes. He's totally giving her the eye. And I'm like, ah, oh, Pod's got game now. I see. Okay. He was. I'd forgotten about that. He's like, ale, ale. And he's like, oh, I'll give you ale. <laughs> ale. And then he says to her this really interesting thing. Do you think you might be released from your vow? Hmm. You've found both of these girls. Neither of them want you. You've struck out twice. It might be time to just call it off and hmm. do something. But then, but then, what does Brienne do? She can't. She can't imagine, envisage a world where mm. she's not serving someone. Exactly. So she has to she... keep chasing them That's until right. she makes it happen. Uh, unless something, you know, unless she goes to try and, and find Jamie again, maybe. But that's the only other person in the world, I think, that she's got some kind of bond to. And mm. it's a very conflicted bond. A very weird bond, yeah. Yeah. But then, so what was the upshot of that scene then? Because, I mean, I got the impression that they were going to follow them, but then maybe think, not. That she, think you so. think she'll follow? I think she'll follow. Yeah. We'll find out more we'll next out. week. Yeah. But I think she'll follow at a safe distance and maybe be a hmm. shadow. Maybe just kind of be around like Superman was to Lois Lane whenever she got caught <laughs> down a well or something. And all of a sudden, wow, Superman would turn up. It's like, how did you know I was down a well? <laughs> No reason, just was flying past and happened to see you with my supervision because I'm not obsessed or anything. <laughs> it was. I'm, there's another character who gets constantly saved by someone who's hanging around, and I can never remember who I'm thinking of, but that, it's irrelevant. Point is, I think we've reached the end of our podcast. We for definitely this week. have. And At long last, it's, it's been a. It's, it was a very packed episode. It was super packed. A lot of pieces being moved into place, and I think I, I hope next episode we're going to see a bit more forward momentum because yes. there was definitely. Things happened and the plot moved forward, but I feel like this was the one where they were sort of moving everything into position and we're going to start moving forward now. So that's good. I hope it happens. 
let us look forward to that and to Sand Snakes and more of Dawn. Absolutely. And more of Jon Snow in charge, calling the shots. <laughs> and Mario Nude, please. Yes, that's just my request. Thank you very much, Stuart, for joining me here at the Raven on Podcast desk. We'll see you next week. Bella Magulis. Winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs>